0: I'm Maria Schwartz and
1: I'm Rachel Gallagher,
0: and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. The season is around two-thirds done and now we really have a sense of where each team stands and what they need to do if they're in the playoff hunt. Let's dive in. please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash winsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at winsider.com that's winsider.com if you're looking to get tickets for this wmba season or the wmba playoffs look no further thanks to our sponsor tick pick you don't have to worry the original no fee ticketing site and official ticketing partner of the WNBA defending champions, Chicago sky, but you can buy any team tickets. So use the link dot com backslash winsider for all your upcoming ticket purchases for the WNBA, NFL, NBA, or any other event. It's so nice to be back in the booth with the Hoff, the great, the Rachel Galligan, who's been all over the planet. Um, Basically, I'm going to start calling you an astronaut.
1: We're just at that time of year. We're just at that time of year. And then honestly, I've got a whole other month of this. So I'm glad we could get some time to get together to kind of catch up on what's been going on.
0: And and what's been going on has been pretty, pretty crazy. Let's talk about where we are kind of in the W because early on in the season, um, and I've talked about this a lot uh, when doing the WNBA stocks uh, episodes with Owen, we're like, The Aces were so far and beyond the best team in the league early on in the season, but now we're seeing the other teams start to catch up. The Aces are no longer in first place. Uh, They're a full game back out of first place behind Chicago, who's on a three-game win streak. Um, And I'll just run down kind of the league standings. Uh, We'll talk briefly about our feelings on kind of uh, each team, each each tier, as we always like to do, Um, and if anything else has really stood out to any of us. Chicago Sky, Las Vegas Aces, obviously in that championship expectations-style um, team tier. Uh, the, the top dogs in this league right now are the Chicago Sky and Las Vegas Aces. Um, and we'll get into them in a moment. Then it's Seattle at 3, Connecticut at 4, Washington at 5, Dallas at 6, uh, Atlanta at 7, the Mercury at 8, Sparks at 9, Liberty at 10, Minnesota at 11, and Fever at 12. Um, Let's talk briefly, Rachel, about that top tier, that Chicago Vegas tier. Um, What's your reaction now that we kind of it always reminds me of if you're a football fan, um, there's the old Denny Green quote. I think it might have been when they played the Chicago Bears or something. Uh, They are who we thought they were. Um, That's kind of uh, in my mind for the Chicago Sky and Las Vegas Aces in two very different ways. What's your thoughts on these teams? I mean, I
1: think Chicago is the most complete team in terms of veteran experience, in terms of depth, in terms of just the consistency that's the, that they play with. And the thing that I like, because I was pretty... I've been kind of, like, pulling back on Chicago, like, just waiting. Like, the last thing you want to see is kind of an opposite of what happened last year, where, you know, they kind of fumble-farted through the entire regular season and peaked at the right time. Now it almost feels like you know, they go, they go from peaking at the right time last year to just kind of carrying over, you know, that, that level of play throughout the season, you haven't seen any massive dips, um, but at the same time, it's not complete domination either. You know, they'll, they'll win three, then they'll, then they'll drop one. Um, You know, they're kind of, they're just kind of steadily staying at the top and continuing to get better as the season has gone on. So I think, you know, just in terms of consistency, I mean, and that is a huge word for me in this year this year with a lot of these teams because I am not seeing a lot of consistency across the board, and we can talk why later, but with Chicago, they are the most consistent and most veteran team.
0: I totally agree. Um, and it's almost unfair. The the interesting thing, and I think, you know, you look at a a James Wade, because not too many other people have this experience, but James Wade and I mean Candace Parker has the experience also. But James Wade, as a coach, saw what it's like to win and what goes into a repeat mentality, what goes into pulling off the feet of winning multiple yeah. times uh, in a short span of time. Well, And, and also, and, sorry yeah. not
1: to interrupt, but they, they no, have, either. and when we're talking about a, a series, we're talking about playoffs right around the corner here. I mean, you know, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself, but you've got to start looking at how do these teams um, perform in a series in multiple games. And that's kind of, you know, I know we're going to get to Las Vegas next, but you know, Chicago has done it and they have the depth to be able to withstand that knock on wood. If everybody can stay healthy, they're the front runners in my mind because of that alone.
0: Yeah, no, they're definitely the front runners. I have questions because there have been times where, and look, that's true with any team, but there's just been some times that leave me questioning, but I'd say that the biggest thing for me with the Chicago team is their defense. When I look at the team last year, I very much, and maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe you and James would just like scream about how crazy I am. But like when, when I think about that team last year, it was this, you know, high octane offense, um, that was just such an athletic team besides, you know, certain players that I've been told I'm not a lot of hate on anymore. Um, but it, they were just such an athletic team. And now I look at this team and yes, they're still athletic. They've added it in different ways. Um, but I just think that the defense of this team has been that much better this year. That makes me so much more confident. Um, But I still think, look, it's a tough thing. Anytime you want to uh, repeat or run it back because so much has to go right for you to win. And if it's not going right, you are in trouble. Next team is Las Vegas aces. I mean, we are who they thought they were. Uh, They're an insanely high powered starting five. Um, maybe a good starting six. Um, But then after that, it just really, really falls off. I know, you know, it's been beaten like a drum. The whole idea of, Oh, would it have been good to have an actual GM before, like more than a week before the draft um, for the majority of free agency, all of that jazz. But at the end of the day, like this team still has shown, it has the power, my issue. And I know, you know, the, the people who disagree with me would say, well, at the end of the day, in a playoff series, I'm not worried because you can play your starters a lot more in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. That's true, but also we've never seen this type of playoff before in the W, where it's series, series, series. Yeah. What yeah. happens if Las Vegas goes 3-3-5? You know, assuming they make it to the finals. When you make it to the finals in that fifth game, that sixth game, and even earlier than that, like if you're talking about the gap that you have between these games, this is a condensed schedule. And that means the playoffs is, are condensed also. And you're according to what Kathy said, you're only getting charter flight if you're flying or if you're in the finals. So you very well could be playing six games in a short period of time with two to three travels included, if not more. Um, And I just think it's 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 a very tricky situation. And it's almost like. They're just asking for something bad to happen.
1: Well, it certainly helps, you know, when you route teams like they did last night against the New York Liberty and you're able to kind of play everybody around 20 minutes a game. I mean, games like that, you know, definitely help. Um, But no, 100%. I mean – you know, you you said it before perfectly. Things have to go so right, and in my opinion, you know, the playoffs. You know, we're not we're not looking at this like years past, where it was very evident that there was one dominant team that was the favorite to go win it all. Like I, I think maybe the most recent one I felt was almost the Seattle Storm of whatever the hell year that was. But um, I think that the, the the thing about Las Vegas is they have gone through some adversity. Um, you know, they're not just routing people anymore. They're 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 having to. Um, come back from situations they're having to face different adversity on the road. They're, you know they're they're losing games that you know we we probably feel like they should be winning. And that's okay. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing. That's a team that's, you know, going through the regular course of a season. i I think what makes me the most encouraged about Las Vegas as of late is obviously having Raquana Williams back that adds a little bit of depth. She played really well, had 13. You know, 17 minutes last night, repair, you know, she she's had a couple games where she comes in and, and she's gotten some some good minutes um, and been really serviceable on really both ends of the floor. Um and so I I I think I don't know. I, I I'm I'm I question the depth. Um I have the concern of depth, at least with that starting five, because that that's the I mean Kelsey Plum and Asia Wilson. That's they're 45% of their offensive production. Um but I I'm not they're right there, you know. They're right there. They need to continue to get through this final fourth of the season, third of the season, whatever, whatever it is, um, and just win games. You know, be able to keep, continue to get their starters that you know the minutes they need, but not too much. You know, you can't run people into the ground head into the headed into this final stretch, um, and and continue to develop that bench. Um, you know, two or three, four people have got to be. Um, stepping up their level of play going into playoffs um, because you never know when that number is going to be called. I mean, again, it it all comes down to health with Las Vegas. If they can stay healthy, their starting five can be healthy. And, I mean, I don't question Kelsey Plum's ability to go. I mean, she's she's probably in the best shape of anyone else in the league, in my opinion. Um, But you question, okay, Asia Wilson, you know, she's going to be able to go. Jackie Young, I think she'll be able to go. It's just a matter of can they stay healthy and in situations where – you know, maybe there's foul trouble or, or someone else's name is called. Are they going to be able to step up? I think they have the tools to do it. Um, but man, it the, the stars have to align, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. And and I would say even more so to add on that, it's like, it, all of this is great. But at the end of the day, if you get into a playoff series, like very much so in the same way that we knew when the Connecticut Sun um, with Kurt Miller, when they were playing like six mm-hmm. people. We're only going to play six. You knew when it came to playoff time. It's not all of a sudden going to change. This isn't like a a Becky has this like genius really? plan that you know all of a sudden Sidney Colson is going to be you know a six woman of the year candidate just in <laughs> yeah, the playoffs yeah. who hasn't played all season. I mean, props to these these Vegas players who essentially are getting played or paid to be practice squad players. I mean, I think
1: I think more super, than anything, we, we we talk so much about Las Vegas's offense, which obviously you know is high powered and fun and and amazing and all the things, but you know, their ability to defend, I mean, how how the New York Liberty hung 101 on them is, is beyond me. I mean, that's just, that's the most alarming things with the aces. In my opinion, you know, if you're just going to make this a track meet and you're going to just try to outscore people and you're not going to get stops and you're not going to defend. I mean, it's not going to happen. In my opinion, you know, you can't sustain that level of play. Just, trying to score 107 on people through an entire playoff. It's not its not going to work. At some point, you're going to have to rely on getting stops and defending the way that they need to. And I know that they've talked about that. Listen to Becky Hammond talk about it in press conferences after, and the players talk about, you know, hey, like we've got to embrace the defensive end of the floor. And this is not like a horrendous defensive team. It's just, you know, you have, they have moments like that where it's like it just turns into this absolute track meet, high octane offensive game from both teams and up for us as a viewer, man, it's incredible to see. But from an offensive standpoint, but it's the it's those those defensive lapses that this team has that concern me the most.
0: 100%, 100%. Now let's talk about the next tier. Seattle and Connecticut. <laughs> and and maybe Washington is kind of in that tier cuz all these teams have 15 uh wins. Seattle has 16. Um but I'm just. I'm not comfortable putting Washington in that tier. I think Washington's kind of in a tier alone. Like, the tier below the, the top two seeds is Seattle and Connecticut. And while we know that they have the star power to get things done, like you were talking about, the consistency. With me, my biggest concern between the two teams um, is th- there seems to be, like, just one piece missing in Seattle. And with Connecticut, it just seems that, like, well... The pieces don't mesh yet. Yet. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. Let's start with Seattle. You know, okay, they're rolling. They're on. They're on a winning streak. Okay, but like they've beat LA. They've beat Indiana twice, and they've beat Atlanta. Oh no, they lost to Atlanta. And then I think the one before that, they beat. um, Oh, they beat the Aces. So okay, when I'm looking at games, okay, you you drop a game to Atlanta, which you know, Atlanta is one of those like sneaky random teams that like we thought would be an absolute. You, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. I'm you,
0: say. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, you drop that, that game to Atlanta, which is just a little bit that for for that reason alone, you know, like this team should be routing and dominating people at this point of the season. Now they go out and they beat Las Vegas. Um, that was great. That was their last true test, quote unquote. Again, if we're talking about top tier mm-hmm, teams mm-hmm. and that was June 29th, um, so I'm not sitting and looking at this team thinking like, okay, they're hitting their stride. They've won three games. They've beat the fever. I mean, whatever. You know, I, I think that with with the with Seattle, obviously they're in great position. Obviously, I believe that they have, they have what it takes to win it all. I don't know that I feel the same as you in terms of a missing piece. I think they have what it takes. They're right there. You know, they are right there. I just haven't seen this team hit that next gear, I guess.
0: Well, that, I guess that's yeah. what it is. When when I when I see a team that has Sue Bird, and yes, I think this team has played better since Sue announced her retirement. Um, I I when I see this team, like you have Sue Bird, you you have the talent. But when they're not, they haven't hit that gear yeah. that we're so used to seeing. That's when I start to go, okay, something missing. Like, is is there a reason why the circuit isn't fully connected? Well- um, and, but but, yeah.
1: but but at that same front, like that could be a good thing too, right? That they hit that sure. gear, like Chicago did the right time last year, they very easily could go, you know, just just peak and hit their stride at that right moment. I mean, they have they have the ability to. Is all I'm saying. We just haven't seen it yet in that way.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. And then and then Connecticut. I mean, a, a very similar. They have the skills. They we know that they can do it. The question is, are they going to show up at the right time? Now,
1: I'm, I'm gonna... the,
0: the devil's advocate, well, the devil's advocate in me sits here and goes, yes, the, the defense isn't there. And so I don't have that faith. Granted, of recent, it has gotten much better. Forcing opponents to around 80 or less points a game is quite impressive, especially this year in the W. Um, with that said, though, I have, again, they're, they're, in my mind, the exact same as Seattle. We know you have the talent. We know you have the superstars to get it done but they're just, they haven't hit that next gear yet. And for Connecticut, I mean, based on last season, you kind of have to be happy with that mindset, but they are missing Jasmine Thomas, which is a big concern. Yeah, It all
1: comes down to the backcourt for me. I mean, I don't know that they have the backcourt to go win at all, you know, to go up toe to toe with Chicago. Um, I, I, unfortunately now, now I have been one of the biggest Connecticut sun proponents Throughout time, um, the, the the loss of Jasmine Thomas is crucial to this team, and I think that we're we're witnessing it play out before our eyes. Um, I just question their backcourt ability, you know, in in a playoff, in a series um, against Chicago. I, I don't know that, that that's enough. How could it be enough, you know? Um, but but you know, is it possible? Yeah, you have Alyssa Thomas, you have you know Jacquell Jones, you have Brianna Jones. I mean, you have you. Have, Dwana Bonner, I mean, you have <clears throat> so much talent on this team that's consistently been together that's so hungry for a, a championship, but I just feel like out of all the teams we've talked about so far, there is a missing piece. And, you know, you're, you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off because you don't have that floor general, that floor leader, and, and that's Jasmine Thomas. And I, I just question the backcourt with this team, and unfortunately, and I, and I hate it because I, I want it for them very badly.
0: Yeah no I, I uh, the, the, no, I mean, I I completely agree with you. It's like every time you think they finally have the roster that they wanted or whatever, something yeah, they, bad they, happens, been, but we could go on. They've been on dealt so that. much
1: adversity every single year. It's something, you know, and it just, my, my heart breaks for them because it, it is a championship design team. It is.
0: Um, Washington Mystics. We're not even going to talk about them really <laughs> just because, no, because it's been Deladon, yes, Deladon, no. What is this know, team? What is this team? Blah, blah, blah. So- and, and. And we're at the point where now they're so late in the season, they are ramping Delhi up and she's going to be playing. I think from my understanding, last I saw she's playing the rest of the season um, to try and, you know, get her to that point. Obviously, hopefully there's no hiccups or anything like that. Um, that in mind, they did just lose to the Mercury last night in an intense game in a game that uh, Maisha and Sophie Cunningham almost got into a fight. And here's my thing. Um, <laughs> Love Maisha doing the step over over Sophie. <laughs> love that they got in each other's face. Um, and to be clear, it was not a foul on Myesha on Sophie's shot. Um, and then after the shot, the part that frustrates me, and you know me, I will defend Sophie. I love having that type of personality in the league. Somebody who's going to talk their shit. Somebody who's going to not... like. The confidence has been through the roof with Sophie, and now she's actually making shots to back up her talk. Um, which, if you love Sophie, you love; if you hate her, you hate it. My point is more so it is completely inappropriate, and we've seen this now multiple games in a row from the Mercury. Um, first, when Diane Taurasi like actively, intentionally kicked Sylvia fouls in the groin, um, and then which was just horrible. I don't know how she wasn't teed up and suspended after that. That was just blatant disregard for for health safety and and the respect for the game and then the same thing with sophie after she gets stepped over by Maisha. i get you're pissed when a player is like stumbling and stepping like if you rewatch the play Maisha defends the shot and then has to walk over sophie while still gaining her balance and sophie grabs her foot now I'm not, I don't care about the lack of, you know, professionalism or the lack of sportsmanship in doing that. I care about the safety of the players. When you grab a player's leg like that, you could cause them to fall. You could cause them to twist something, tear something, break something. If you want to get in their face, you wait till they walk over you and then you give them a shove if you want to get physical. And then you get in their face and you start screaming. Grabbing of the leg at any point um, is just dangerous and, wrong in my mind that said there was also a point where skylar and indeed D- in edd get into it which was hilarious to see you know them kind of getting each other's face and then edd revert back to edd ways and just be like i know you skylar you're not like this i know you i know you what are you doing um Ooh. so yeah that that, that no, was I, so I, yeah I, we'll talk about mystics a different
1: oh time, right? the mystics it's just it i just i don't even know what to say i i don't i could this team, let me ask you this, could this team, EDD's healthy, could this team hit their stride and go win it all? Do you think they're they're capable?
0: Personally, no. But like, if I put away my, like, bias against EDD, and, and like I say bias against her, I say it only in the sense of like, I could not sit here and tell you that I believe she could stay healthy for a, a 15 game stretch. Or a nine-game stretcher or, or whatever yeah. it is, eleven-game stretch. So, like that's why for me, I say no. Now, if you're telling me, hey, money on the table, guarantee that EDD stays healthy, yes, hundred yeah. percent. That's
1: 100%. really what it comes down to. I mean, yeah, that's
0: without. I mean, Natasha Cloud is playing out of her mind at yeah. times. the The problem for me, I think, is that the the, the team will. Th- some games figure out what their each player's role is when EDD is not there, and then EDD comes back and they struggle to like reassess, and then they get to it, and then EDD's gone, and then it's well, get you know it's it's always like chasing yeah, the rabbit, yeah. And or then and
1: then like the, then, then they play really really well without her, and everybody is playing well. There's confidence, whatever, and then they play another game without her, and it looks like a disaster. I mean, it's just it's not always you know, dependent on EDD being in there or not. There's just inconsistency across the board because of the entire
0: situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and you know, what was it? I was talking when we had Crystal on our perfect plug, right? Um, every Wednesday, we've been hosting Windsider Wednesdays on playback. It's a really fun new way to watch the game. No lag, no spoilers. We're all watching at the same time on the same screen. We do merch giveaways for trivia questions. It's always a fun time. That's every Wednesday night during the season. In the playoffs, we'll be doing them also. The link is getplayback.com backslash room backslash winsider. And when we had Crystal Thomas on, we have some, you know, players and different guests come on the stage and talk about things. Uh when we had Crystal on, I I remember asking her, like, how hard is it when you play with EDD to not just like stop and watch her play? And I think sometimes you see that because you kind of when, and not necessarily specifically her, but like when you have a player of her caliber. It's hard for players to not just, I don't want to say sit and watch, but like when they get the ball, you almost in your mind, you see this quite often. It's this idea of like, I can relax a little bit because a superstar has yeah, the ball yeah. as opposed good. to understanding you need to keep yeah. moving. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to the next teams. Uh, and now these, these are just all the teams that are fighting for that. The the six, seven, eight seed, right? Mm-hmm. The Dallas wings, the Atlanta dream, the Phoenix, Mercury, LA sparks, New York Liberty, Minnesota Lynx um really tough and 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 we can make a whole episode about them and rachel we probably will do an episode that's it. like specifically yes. about them but let's just like gloss over it i mean not to to steal a segment from the WNBA stock show that we've been doing but like i i have to think that you know dallas is kind of trending or not dallas atlanta's kind of trending down the mercury are confusing as all hell la can't catch a break first neck out then liz is out um and you know, what what's going on there? New York is trending down. Minnesota, of the teams six through eleven, Dallas, Atlanta, uh, Phoenix, LA, New York, and Minnesota, I gotta think that like Minnesota's the only one trending up.
1: In my opinion, yeah.
0: Granted, now a great article came out um from Alexa Philippu who said that breaking down kind of what the handicaps are, what is the percentages of these teams making the playoffs? Minnesota has the lowest percentage besides New York. New York's is at 17. Minnesota's at 48, which bumped up recently. Um, they were at like 34 a week ago. But the interesting thing is is when you look at it, um, it's so Dallas Wings, 70% chance. Phoenix Mercury, 55. Sparks, 54. Dream fifty four Minnesota forty eight. So in my mind, like New York's not making it. um In my mind, Atlanta would like to not make it, but kind of <laughs> want to make it. You know what I? You know what I mean? It's like well, one of those tricky situations. Like at this
1: point, you're 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 starting to question. You're like you're looking at lottery. Like that's got to be again. I hate, you know, we're not supposed to talk this way, but like, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like I'm with you. Keep going. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. Keep going.
0: No, no. I was just gonna say, like the Dallas Wings are, are, and we talked about this on the on the the playback last night in the Windsider Watch Party. Um, it's Dallas is an intriguing team, but and like last night was probably the first time I've seen them, you know, m- make adjustments after an abysmal third quarter, make adjustments in the fourth, and find ways to pull out a win. I always say like, ugly wins are the prettiest wins, and I and I say that because. For you to be successful, for you to make the playoffs, for you to make a playoff run, for you to win a championship, you need to just find ways to win. Like we're not talking about the Chicago's. like Chicago Sky Vegas Aces. You can make that phrase too, but we're not talking about them. We're talking about teams that need to grind it out. The Minnesota Lynx are nine and sixteen. They can, if they want to make it to five hundred, they can only lose one more game. Now, realistically, you know that that's totally fine. WNBA teams have made the playoffs with an under five hundred record. They own their own uh, future, but the issue is is that they have more games against plus 500 yeah. teams uh, than any of these other teams that are fighting uh, for spots to make it. So it's going to be an interesting one. Of, of those teams, because we're going to do a whole episode on it, and I know we talked about like the top teams in these. Of those teams, is there any team that like kind of uh, – so Dallas, Atlanta, Phoenix, uh, New York, LA, and Minnesota, any of those teams – I guess for you, pick a team, which do you think can make the deepest playoff run?
1: I was going to say, I think that there's three teams out of that, you know, six through 12 that stand out to me as like a sense of urgency to win, you know, of the, because of the situation within the franchise players, whatever Dallas wings, they've got to win games, got to win games. Um, I think mm-hmm. that they, I can't, I can't stand them at times. And then other times they're really fun to watch. And it, it's, it seems like it's enjoyable. Um, Phoenix, Mercury, they're going to compete night in and night out. They're trying to win games every single night, regardless of what you want to say about this franchise and the drama and all those sorts of things. Those players are out there competing night in and night out. Um, do I think they can make a deep playoff run? Probably not. But I'm just talking about the teams that like sense of urgency to win the rest of the season as much as they possibly can. Um, and Min- and the Minnesota Lynx, you know, like, like those three teams are the ones that are, have got to be the hungriest. They've got to win. They're trying to – You know, inch up those standings in some way and and position themselves to be able to make anything happen within the playoffs. Whereas you look at some of these other teams, i.e., the lottery teams that are now being strategic, not necessarily cognitively, you know, cognitively by the players. But there's not that same sense of urgency. These are rebuilds. These are teams that are, you know, a few years down the road, we're going to be talking about them. You know, in, in, in potentially contenders or at the top five in the league, that's that doesn't have the same sense of urgency. So then, back to your question, which of those teams could make a deep deep playoff run? Honestly, honestly, maybe Phoenix, like Dallas. I'm not sold on it. I think that they have, you know, the potential. I think they've got the players, you know, that will make shots and, and can they can they can be frustrating at times, but then they'll turn they'll turn the corner and look atrocious. Um, I, I'm not sold on Dallas. I think that they're obviously, you know, 11 and 13, six in the league right now. But to me, it's the Phoenix Mercury, because if they can inch into the playoffs, you've got Diana Tarazi, you've got Skylar Diggins-Smith, who is competing her ass off night in and night out. I have never seen someone want wins more than Skylar Diggins-Smith, regardless of the drama. Like I said before, I, I really think that maybe mm-hmm. Phoenix could get, in, get into something and and be disruptive a little bit, at least maybe get past the first round, maybe. Um, and if Minnesota, I, honestly, I am I am cheering for Minnesota all the way right now. I hope to God they can make it in. I hope to God that they can finish this, finish this uh, rest of the season out strong because they. I think that they've got it, but it's gonna be a really uphill climb because of how atrocious and how um, brutal the first part of the season was. They really dug themselves that hole getting out of it. Honestly, I think you said it to me yesterday, it would be one of the most remarkable things you've ever witnessed in the WNBA if Minnesota was able to kind of inch themselves into the playoffs.
0: I completely agree with everything you said. <laughs> uh, I could, I could do it. No, no, no. Like in all of it, like the I, we could go on a whole. And I, and you know what, Rachel, we're just going to do, do another episode about those teams. We'll do another episode about those teams. We've hit the thirty-minute mark. Uh, my baby's waking <laughs> up. I think, I think we've touched on on all the topics, and and we like to keep it around the thirty-minute mark. So I appreciate you. Um, But before we do anything, we got two games tonight. We haven't done pick'em in a while, so we got to do it. Um, We got Minnesota a back to back after a tough loss against Dallas. They play in Indiana at seven and then Connecticut versus the dream in Atlanta. Crazy thing about it uh, for Minnesota, 7 p.m. game. They got home around 10 p.m. last night, 4 a.m. wake up call, 7 a.m. flight, 7 p.m. game. That is a tough one. But you have to think that they're just going to. Ha- I mean, also, the Fever are 2-0 against Minnesota. Um, I'm going to go with Minnesota just because if you expect them to make the playoffs, you have to expect. And I think they are by far the better team in how they've been playing. I, I do chalk up, um, you know, a double overtime game and then a one-day rest and then another game as why Minnesota lost to Dallas last night. Maybe that's biased. Maybe that's wrong. I'm g- so I'm going Minnesota, and then I'm going with the Sun pulling out the victory over the Dream. Uh, who are you going with?
1: I mean, I, I we can't do Pick'Em unless I mix it up a little bit. I honestly believe that Minnesota will win. However, Indiana's lost seven in a row. At some point, they're going to they're going to steal a win. Um, so for the sake of Pick'Em, I'm going to go with the Fever. Um, and then the Dream in Connecticut, I'm going Connecticut.
0: All right, sounds good. Rachel, we'll be back. We'll do another one about these uh, middle-of-the-pack bubble playoff teams that are fighting for it. We appreciate you as always, and remember – Join us on all social media platforms. We'll be back.